Good evening, world. This is the podcast Sassafras, and your hostess, Laura Cattell. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here on this podcast. Thank you for listening to my voice. Thank you for being in existence. Thank you for being here on this planet. Things around my house tend to get a bit scattered. I make it an absolute priority during Christmas time to just be there for my family. No podcasting, no work, no nothing. I know that probably sounds like a luxury to a lot of people, and you know what? It is, and I'm, I take the time and I appreciate the time. I do as regularly as I can a gratitude meditation, especially during this time when I have all this time off. I don't think a lot of people really understand when you're when you're wrapping presents, right? And you want to get that just perfect bow. And then you sit there and you admire yourself when you're done. I'm grateful then. I'm grateful for the present I'm holding. I'm grateful for the money that I was able to spend on the present that I'm holding. I'm grateful for the person that's going to receive the present that I'm holding. I'm grateful for the funds I was able to purchase. The bow, the wrapping paper, the, the ribbons, all this stuff. It's, it's a walking, or should I say working, meditation. When I'm standing on my feet for four hours in the kitchen, I'm grateful that I have food to cook. And I have a kitchen to cook in. And I have people to cook for. Just the whole two weeks is just me being grateful. And it's been previous in my life where my kids maybe didn't think that I was around a lot. Which is... It's true, and it's kind of... I was thinking the other day. It's kind of BS, but that's life kind of moment. Is that when they were younger and they needed me the most is when I was working my hardest. Hoping to get to a point where I wasn't working as much. And now that I don't have anything to do and I have all the time in the world. Now my kids are grown and they're teenagers and they don't need me as much. And as much as I'm pretty sure, even if I did go back and tried to do it all over again, I wouldn't be able to switch it around, but... Man, you just don't know when you're raising kids. You just don't know. And I always point back to this one video game, which I know that probably sounds like a... Not a very good comparison chart, but um, we're a big gaming family. Love Call of Duty, love uh, Wolfenstein, love... We're, we're a game fa- gaming family. We can name everything from Atari. Um, from Atari on through Nintendo and Sega Genesis and... Anyway. There's a scene in... There's a, a game that uh, Sledgehammer came out with. Um, they redid Wolfenstein. And if you were ever a gamer back in the 80s, Wolfenstein and Doom were these... Oh, see, and Duke Nukem were these two-dimensional, you know, but they were, like, 
cutting edge for their time. And Wolfenstein Castle was this literal maze that you had to walk through. It was just room upon room upon room, and you could find guys, and they were Nazi guards, and you had to shoot them, and there were different difficulty levels and different places you could find. There were secrets hidden all around. It was really cool. Anyway, so Sledgehammer Games, in conjunction with Bethesda, uh, got the rights and completely... I mean, the only thing about it is the name and the storyline. You're a Marine and you break into Wolfenstein Castle to stop the Nazis from taking over the world, blah, 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 blah. Anyway. To keep the story interesting, there's a split in the story arc. You and your merry band of Marines in World War II are captured and you're presented with a choice. You can save the young gun, or you can save the old vet. And as you progress on through the story, you realize it does, you, you come to the understanding, because obviously the story tells you, but it doesn't matter which storyline you pick, because both of them end up wishing you'd save the other guy, and for different reasons. Alright, if you save the young gun, he wishes you had saved the old vet because he wasn't mature enough to handle it. If you save the old vet, he was wishing you'd save the young gun because he had more life left in him and he deserved a different chance. And I wish I could tell my kids, and I, I referenced this a couple times, I wish I could tell them that it doesn't really matter... Well, I take that back. It's not going... You're never going to know what to say, when to say it, how to say it, where to say it, what tone to say it in. You're never going to know if the amount of attention you're giving them is too much, if it's not enough. Alright. If you give them too much... If you're sitting there and you're giving them attention and they're saying, Oh, you're never giving me enough space. Or you can sit there and try and stand off a little bit, and then they say, Oh, you're never here. All you can do is your best. All you can do is your best. I don't know why, but that particular bit came up for me tonight. I've been thinking about it all day. And um, before I get too much farther... I'm doing my restaurant shout-out for tonight. I'm not going to even give this so-called whatever is going on in the world right now the decency of any respect. <clears throat> Excuse me. Lockdowns have not done anyone any favors. That has obviously not curbed the path of the virus at all. And I'm just as outraged and angry at a lot of people. I mean, I'm sorry. No. If they had stuck to the original two weeks to give the hospitals time to adjust to the flood of patients, fine. But... This is not okay. I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to speculate what's going on. But I do know that this can't continue for much longer.
or something's going to give. Something's going to give, and I don't... I wish I could see a pretty end, pretty picture, but I can't. So, to my restaurant guys out there, I love you, I care about you, can't wait to see you guys get back in there and kick ass. Um, and take care of yourselves. My God, take care of yourselves. You do what you need to do to take care of yourselves. I'll pick the book back up after the start of the year. But I just wanted to apologize there for a minute. Um, I probably sound a lot really scattered over these last few weeks, and it hasn't been cohesive, and it hasn't maybe been reliable or coherent. This is the first holiday set of holidays that I'm going through with um, with doing podcasting. So, I'll be honest, I thought I could handle it better than I am. You guys stick with me through next Christmas, I promise. It'll be a lot better. Although, after I reach 365 episodes, I think I'm going to cut it back to a one once-a-week podcast. Um, that way I have more time to prepare, I can... I can put stuff out there, I can make it more um, polished, whatnot, make you guys better, and then have more time, oh, excuse me, more time for other things and getting all my stuff done. So. We're coming up on New Year's and New Year's Eve and that time of the year for all those magical resolutions that everyone makes, no one follows, and it's done two weeks afterwards. I'd like to do something different. I'd like to do... I like to do guarantees. No, not guarantees. What am I looking for? What, what am I looking for? Commitments. I don't want you to come up with this whole heavy list of things that you're <clears throat> probably not going to change at all. I want you to come up with commitments. Small. I was talking earlier this year about um, Darren Hardy's book, The Compound Effect. And it had some really awesome stuff in there. Pick three. I want to keep it at three small things you can make a commitment to. Walking out to your mailbox three times a day. Just your mailbox. Walk one extra flight up and down your steps. Up and down your steps. Maybe you're in an apartment community, maybe you're in a home, maybe you're, uh, I don't know. Make a point to walk up and down, if you have steps in your home, obviously. If you don't have steps, then that's not a thing. 
Just one extra stair climb per day. One extra glass of water per day. Of course, we've all seen those memes coming across the Facebook. Like, why in the hell is like eight glasses of water so damn difficult, but four glasses of wine at dinner can go down no problem? Yes, the wine tastes better, but seriously though, just one. Just make a commitment. And not for the whole year. Just for the next 30 days. Make it for the next week. Then when the week is over, do a little celebration, start a new week. Break it down into smaller bite-sized chunks. The reason most people fail at their New Year's resolutions is because they try to do some sort of stupid drastic change. And I'm sorry, I use stupid as an, I think, an adjective. My grammar's horrible. Um, stupid as in excessively large. Or excessively grand. Like, oh my god, that's stupidly big. Does that, that make sense? I use stupid internet. I'm not sure when I started started using that. I think I was watching too many cooking shows when that happened. Anyways, so... Start with something small. And then grow from there. Alright. Save one, just one dollar. Four quarters, one dollar, whatever. Put it somewhere and forget about it. One dollar a day. Just save one dollar. If you have problems with money. Okay? Start small. Don't make a resolution. Make a commitment. Because a resolution is still out there in the ephemeral. A resolution is, I am going to... And that's why most uh, one of the reasons why most people don't keep with them is it's still in the future. Remember when we talked about uh, when manifesting, if you keep something in the future of I want this, what you're focusing on is the feeling of wanting. So you will consistently and keep wanting something. When you make a resolution, a resolution is a future event. Also, in this um, culture that we have, a lot of us are too used to convenience. You're not going to lose 50 pounds in a night. You're not going to lose 50 pounds in a week. I would be highly skeptical if you could lose 50 pounds in a month. Naturally, that is. I mean, obviously, you can go to a doctor and you can take your leg off. You can lose pounds that way. You know, you can go have liposuction and that can remove it, but that's expensive. Most people don't have that. But honestly, even if you do go get lipo, if you don't change the eating habits and the exercise habits that necessitated you going to go get liposuction in the first place, it's just going to go right back. Alright, that goes back to fixing the blocks and the problems inside ourselves before we go and seek an external. A lot of times, food ends up being comfort food. There's a reason why it's called comfort food. It, it elicits, um, oh crap, I forget the chemical, serotonin and one other um, that creates a, a feeling of pleasure in our brains, of, of comfort. I remember when we talked about that um, our brains interpret comfort as safety, and because our brains are hardwired for survival, 
not happiness. It seeks out comfort. So it interprets comfort differently than what we expect comfort to be. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. Alright. So, the brain interprets comfort as safety. Which makes it so difficult to get out of our quote-unquote comfort zones. Alright. That's why your brain is like, oh, the, but the bed is so comfy. Oh, the couch feels nice. Oh, this feels so great to sit down. Alright. If you're finding yourself doing that too much lately, get up and get yourself moving. Even if it's just three revolutions around your house, around your apartment, whatever. Just get up and move. Alright. So. Gosh, it's already almost the end of 2023. more days. And what a year for the history books. I gotta tell you, I don't know what the future holds, but I don't think things are gonna go back to normal. Whatever normal used to be, whatever you're hoping for or not hoping for, I don't know that it's gonna go back to normal. I think something shifted this year. Especially with the advent of technology and Zoom calls and online everything. I think there's going to be a real decisive shift. Now whether or not that means people come back into the office because they realize that they don't get done nearly enough at home... I don't know. I don't know if maybe that means people, more people stay away from the office because they don't like paying for the extra stuff. I mean, for me, working from home has its advantages, but I gotta tell you, I miss people. I miss seeing people. I miss interacting with people. I miss just people watching. I miss being able to just sit down at a cafe and just watch life. The writer over in the corner tapping away on her keyboard. The businessman over in the sec in the second row pouring over the financial times. The couple over by the uh, window. Enjoying a cup of coffee with each other and talking animatedly. I miss people. Whatever happens after this, I hope that this year has reminded us to be so much more grateful for the things that we have than we were before. I remember watching the Book of Eli a long time ago. Uh, Denzel Washington. You don't find out until the end of the movie that he's actually blind the whole time. And the Bible he was carrying around was in Braille. But there was one line in the movie that always stuck with me. And it's when he's come across this uh, 
young kid who wants to get out of the town that she's in because it's being run by a a zealot that wants power. And uh, she asked him what happened because there's not a lot of his age of people anymore. The Book of Eli was set in a post-apocalyptic world. So she asks him what happens and he looks at her and he says, We had too much. We had too much. Beautiful lakes and rivers and trees and green. Soft breezes and a sun that didn't kill us. And nobody appreciated it. Everyone was too busy to look up from their phones, from their lives, from whatever was going on. We had too much. And so it got taken away. Seeing the joy of my kids' faces on Christmas morning is one of those stop-and-smell-the-roses moments. Two weeks it took me to get ready for Christmas. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Watching my son's girlfriend have her very first Christmas ever. And just being able to dive in like she'd never been able to before. That just, you, you can't, you can't get that kind of reaction any other way or at any other time. And it was priceless. Watching my daughter open that present with her little llama with candy filled inside. Watching her tear up because she realized what it was. You can't buy that. You can only earn it. When was the last time you stopped and just appreciated whatever it is you're sitting in? Right now I'm grateful that I'm sitting on a bed. One of my Christmas presents to myself was something from Bed Bath & Beyond this year. I'm not going to go into the details, but it's super soft and fuzzy. It was a, a bedding set at Bed Bath & Beyond that they had on one of their Christmas sales. And that was my gift to me and my husband this year was this bedding set. And I gotta say, it's fucking awesome. We had to turn our heater off in our bedroom because this keeps us so warm. And so I'm sitting here and I'm sitting on this bed and I'm talking on a phone that just a decade ago I would never have been able to buy. I challenge you to find something each day up until the end of this week. Find something, some moment and just appreciate where it is, what it is, whatever it is. Is it raining outside? Fantastic. Is it snowing outside? Awesome. Is it sunny? Oh, it's so beautiful. Is it cold outside? That's fantastic. Do I have an apartment? I'm out. I'm just flabbergasted. That's awesome. 
Do I have furniture in my apartment? That's amazing. Do I have internet? Do I have electricity? Do I have food in my fridge? Do I have clothes on my back? Do I have a job? Do I have money in my bank account? Remember the things that actually matter. Do I have relatives? Can I still talk to my mom and my dad? Can I still talk to my kids? Can I still hold my kids? Can I still hug them? Can I still go downstairs and talk to them? So before we get anywhere else, and I know it's gotten a little long, so we're going to do our two-minute brain break on that spirit of. And we're just going to do it a little differently today. So find yourself someplace to sit if you're not already. I'm going to take a sip of my tea. And you go ahead... And you close your eyes, and you take a nice, slow, deep breath in. And let it back out. And just be. Whatever room you're in, if you're in your car, if you're in your home, if you're at a job or at a park, listening to this on a bench, wherever it is that you're is, wherever you are. And just notice what's there. If you're sitting in a car, then be grateful that you're sitting inside a car and it's protecting you from the elements. If you're in a home, be grateful for the people that built it, for the protection it provides you, for the place it gives you of rest and refuge. notice the things around you. If you are wearing clothes, be grateful for the money that you had to purchase. That you had the selection available. Maybe it was a gift. And you're grateful that someone cares enough about you to buy you something. Do you have friends? Do you still have relatives? Do you still have children? Be grateful right now for the people still in your life that make it a point to make you a part of theirs. Did you eat today? Do you have food in your fridge?
Just take this moment and be grateful. Grateful for the money that was used to buy the food. Grateful to the growers and the producers that made the food. Grateful that you have electricity in whatever home that you're in to keep that food fresh and cold. And when you get a moment, come on back. Open your eyes. And we're back. Alright, so that went a little long. and I apologize, I could probably go on, I don't know how many meditations of just gratitude. It's just, I can't stress it enough. Gratitude is what makes manifestation happen faster. You're not going to get the next level of things until you're grateful for the where it is you are at right now. So I hope you guys turn in, tune in tomorrow night. I'll see you guys then. Thank you, thank you so much for being here. Sassafras out.